0: Was baseball mad, had the fever and had it bad. Just to root for the hometown every stew, Blue on a Saturday.
1: Well, hello there, boy. Town Baseball Junkies. This is the Small Town Baseball Commute, and as always, I'm your host, Josh Item. Another episode here. This is one I think you're going to like. We had a chance to talk with Nate Cousins, and Nate is runs a team in Minnesota called Baseball 365 and also runs a shop, a baseball shop in Minnesota called Baseball 365 that you might have heard of and uh, you know suffice to say this is not an infomercial. We're going to get into a ton of the baseball stuff here too but if you've ever dreamed of like I did of owning a, a sporting goods store when I was a kid you know when they make the list of things, what do you want to do when you grow up? Well I want to be a professional basketball player. Well, you're not tall. I want to be a professional baseball player. Well, only 1% of 1% and then they look at you and they say, so what do you really want to do? And you go, oh, you know what? I'd like to run a sporting goods shop because all you can think about is sports when you're a kid. Well, Nate grew up and did it. Ran, runs a baseball shop. So um, we're going to hear about how we can support the shop. Of course, that would be Um, that's my job right now as the host to talk about uh you know how we can support small businesses. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh but we're gonna talk a lot of Nate's baseball career um as well as just what it's like to own a baseball shop. So pretty cool stuff here. So let's get to it. That was a long intro, apologize for that. Let's get to Nate Cousins from baseball three
0: sixty-five. Well, welcome once again to another episode of the Small Town Baseball Commute. So you found us. Let's get going. On the line here, I've got Nate Cousins from Baseball 365. Nate, how you doing?
2: Hey, doing good. Thanks for having me. Good.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming on tonight. No, oh, of course. Busy day of work today. Are you working today?
2: Yeah, it's starting to pick up a little bit. Uh, for Christmas, it's been kind of slow, uh, but the last couple of days we've been we've been selling a lot of stuff, especially baseball cards. Have been big right now, so yeah. it's picking up.
0: Yeah, hey, so, and I want to get into, into Baseball 365. Um, sure. We want to hear, I want to hear your baseball background a little bit first before we do, but um, let me back up just a second. So we've got plenty of listeners who are in, I think most people in Minnesota know what we're talking about when we say that, but our folks in Wisconsin that tune in, I don't know. Can you, can you give us Baseball 365 in a synopsis quick in 20 seconds? Yeah, and then we'll get yeah, more in we're, depth in we're, a little bit.
2: So we're a baseball, softball uh, retail store. We sell uh, mid- to high-level equipment. We don't carry a lot of like little kids stuff, but we carry for high school, college-type players or town ball players. We carry high-end gear. So we have all the, the high-end bats, high-end gloves, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we've been here 10 years now. And uh, so we, we are the only baseball specialty store in the Midwest, as far as I know of so kind of kind of a little bit of a niche that we have going on
0: yeah it's one of those places where when you for you young guys when when this new girlfriend that you got says well why can't we just go to target to get that you have to walk her into a store like that and try to explain (laughs) why none of this is in target and there's a reason yeah (laughs) good stuff
2: this stuff is not in target no
0: no not in target so nate um Give us a little bit of your baseball background. So you've been um, a player in town ball because not only is there uh there's the shot, but then there's a team also, correct?
2: Correct, yeah. So the store – we opened the store uh, in January of 2011 was uh, when we started the store. And then we started the town ball team in 2014. So the first year of the baseball 365 team was 2014, and we've been doing that seven years now and we've had some pretty good success with the team we'd still we still have a few more um steps that we'd like to take as a team but we've made the state tournament three times in seven years which isn't too bad for a newer team um but we still mm-hmm. this was the first year we got, we got past the first round of the state tournament and then we almost had minnetonka and we we kind of lost it right in the right at the end of the game but if we can take that one more step and get to the I think we could be one of the elite teams in, in class A, but we're just not quite there yet. We need a few more pieces, I think. So. Yeah.
0: takes, takes time to bake that cake a little bit. Talked recently With a couple of folks about it. Sometimes it just takes time and experiences together and everything else. And you know that as well as anybody, Nate, right? Cause you um, told me that you've been pitching, you gave me a number, but I'm just going to call it a million. Sounds like you've been pitching for a million years.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so i 22 seasons in class a town ball so that's that's a long time to pitch i think i don't know of too many guys that have pitched longer than that but yeah Yeah. i'm still trying to grind away as if i my goal is if i can pitch I'm 50 that would be awesome but we'll see if i can keep doing it my body uh the body's telling me to stop but i'm so competitive that i i just like doing it so
0: yeah absolutely well how did you get started, and what are some of the teams that you've played for over the years? But how how did you get started in the first place? What role came? Um.
2: Well, actually, so I pitched at Hamlin. And the reason I even knew about tom Ball is because I, I had a teammate at uh, Hamlin, Billy Diaz, who was a really good pitcher um, back in the day. And he played for the Minneapolis Lakers. And so he, when I was, you know, 18, 19, he invited me uh, to come play on the Lakers. And I still remember, like the the first game that they put me into, uh, they they told me that that was going to be my tryout, and so they they told me I was going to throw one inning. So I went out there and I struck out the first two guys, and then I let up back to back home runs, and then I struck out the third guy. So <laughs> so I had three strikeouts and two home runs in one inning. So but they afterwards they told me that I made the team, and then I've been playing ever since then. So
0: yeah, hey, look, this came up. Uh in a conversation just from a couple of days ago I think that we just posted if I'm doing the math right, because um, you must be just a couple of couple years older than I am, Nate, if anything, uh that was that aluminum bass when you that gave up those back? Yes,
2: that was See, aluminum batteries. Yep. Yep. Nope, not your and, fault. Yep. not your fault. Another thing in my defense it was at Dunning, which uh <laughs> for anybody who's played at Dunning, center field is like a pop up will go out. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> Right. So I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna use that as my excuse.
0: Yeah, those were probably pitches uh, at the knees, on the black, inside, in fact. <laughs> they probably fisted it, probably opposite field. today yeah, we're opposite gonna, we'll, second we'll, go with,
2: we'll go with that for sure. Uh,
0: listen, if they can do it in fishing, we can do it in baseball. The story <laughs> gets better and better <laughs> as we yep. get going. So you started with the Minneapolis Lakers, and then is that team – I haven't heard of that team, so that much more. No, that team
2: – yeah, unfortunately that team folded about – think about five years ago they folded up okay um and as a lot of a teams have been i mean when i when i started in the park national league uh which is the minneapolis uh division of class a we had i think we had 12 teams at the time and then it's dwindled down to eight now um and then recently we added the minneapolis month so we're back up to nine but it's been a tough go in in, in ball just because the the cities of Minneapolis and Saint Paul are not very; um, they don't give us any sort of break on costs, and so mm-hmm. renting the fields in those cities is very expensive. So it's it's a it's a tough goal for most teams to be able to make it work financially. Mhm.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I suppose yeah. And then you've got you've got some good teams just outside of the metro too. That there's probably some kids who are who are would you know could decide to play inside, who then play outside or I bet there's all kinds yeah, of geography I mean, factors around housing and all kinds of different stuff.
2: Exactly. It, it there's good teams. I mean there's there's very good teams in, in A, B, and C and then every level yeah. has their has their bad teams too. So it's just, you know, guys play where they wanna play, I think, overall. Um yeah. the address thing a lot of teams you know, Kind of go by that, but I think that there's some fudging of certain things on, on certain addresses too, just because the guys will play where they want to play. So,
0: yeah, well, it's like yeah. you and Billy Diaz, right? How do you end up in Minneapolis? It's because of Billy Diaz. That was the guy's name. I right? knew a,
2: I knew a guy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So,
0: so from Minneapolis Lakers, where do you where do you go after that?
2: Uh, so I played for them for five years, and then I went to a team called the Minneapolis Rocks. Who are also not around anymore, um, and then so <laughs> I, I played for them.
0: One,
2: yeah, I played for them for another five or six years, and then I played for uh, the Lions Pub, which they they're still a good team in Class a. Um mm-hmm. So I played for them for two seasons, and then I left them to start the Baseball 365 team. So yeah, so, yeah. Well, so I've played on a bunch of teams in that division. Two of them are no longer around, but. Um, but yeah, a lot of years in that in that conference.
0: Yeah, Lions Pub. I've you know I've seen you know those guys. I've seen those guys out on Twitter, and I kind of forgot when you mentioned just before we started recording it, you mentioned having come over to River Falls. Um, I had forgot that, that we did have the Lions Pub guys over. It was probably yep, with them, yep. if I remember right. It was probably yeah. with
2: them, yeah, because I have played in River Falls a couple times, and I think it was with Lions Club, and I think we might have played there one time on the Rocks back in the day, too. Yeah. We used to we yeah, used to try and sure. schedule a few uh, Wisconsin teams back then, so mm-hmm. I think we did back then.
0: Yeah, that might have even been when we were down at playing at the high school field. So, yeah, see, that I, remember, I don't
2: remember which field, but,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably. So then how um, – so what makes you leave the – Lions Club team, and then start the unless there's a team in between. I'm not.
2: No, guessing, I went but, from Lions Club um, start, to starting my yeah. own, starting my own team. I don't know. I just figured that uh, my brother and I kind of had. My brother runs the store with me. It's the two of us, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. we just we want we wanted to sponsor a team, but then we just decided. You know what? We've been playing long enough. We know we know how to do this. Let's just let's just start our own team, and so we we decided to do that. And, uh, for anybody out there who's started a team from scratch, it is, it's not easy. Cause in the beginning, you know, you, none of the older guys want to come play with you cause they don't want to go to a new team and they're already locked in with the teams they've been on forever. And so really you're right. depending on a bunch of high school kids, which for guys who are older, that can be frustrating to have a team full of high school guys. Um, cause they, they just aren't, they're not so committed in the beginning. So we had a couple, um, uh, 2014 and 15, we had a couple of rough seasons. I mean, we had fun, but it was it was rough. We just we couldn't get guys to show up consistently, and, and we had a lot of guys who probably weren't even uh, talented enough to be playing a ball. But then uh, sure. we kind of turned the corner in 16. We put together a really good team. Uh, we got a couple. We lucked out actually with a couple studs from St. Cloud State and Augsburg and places, and then we ended up having a really good team. And so ever since then, we've had a we've had a we've probably came in second or third in the park national league the last four or five years so mm-hmm. that's we're, we're proud of that and we like i said we made three state tournaments but we just got to get past that initial first round in the, in the state tournament that's the part we're having trouble with so
0: yeah well and you gotta it's yeah that's starting starting a team or starting any kind of. i, I would imagine starting a business is a little bit the same way you got to I don't know if I've used this phrase in the business world, but you gotta if you tell me I'm just an educator, right, Nate? But um you kinda gotta take you gotta take your lumps. And for a town ball team that means probably some losses early while you continue building building your team and and I don't know, I'm speculating. So maybe running a business when I say taking your lumps it means those nights where you're working till midnight and then you're up at six in the morning working the next day because
2: yeah. you're
0: just building that business and it's a lot of work to do it.
2: Yeah, 100% right. I mean, office, in the beginning, they're... in the beginning of the store, we, uh, you know, when we started this place, my brother and I, we didn't pull any salary for about three years. So okay. it was, it was difficult. We had to save up our money before we did this because we knew it was going to be a tough go. But the scary thing about starting a business from scratch is just that when you're, when you're, when you're throwing all your savings into something and you're eating it away and you, you, you're not making any money, you don't ever know if the business is going to get going. So you're, mm-hmm. you're sitting there saying, "Am I stupid to be doing this? I'm just blowing through my savings. This thing might never get going, and then I'm just going to yeah. waste all my money and have to close up." But luckily for us, the, eventually we did, you know, kind of get our name out there and and be, became the baseball store in Minneapolis-St. Paul. So, um, mm-hmm. and then we've had a we've had a loyal customer base since then, but. Uh yeah in, in about year 4 is when it really took off and started to started to grow a little bit so it just takes time but same thing with the town ball team it it took about 3 years but then once we got going we, we we now we have a pretty solid reputation i think as being a good a good team uh in the class a level
0: Yeah Well you find uh yeah you you just you find the find the right guys find the right formula right and those are those things are similar Want to ask you about the store a little bit? We, I, I kind of joked with 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 Nate for everybody that's listening. I kind of joked before we started the um, the recording here that I'd, we'd, I we, I want to make sure that I don't I not you because I know you wouldn't Nate. Um, I don't turn this into like a 45-minute infomercial for baseball 365. But I got to tell you, I the I've only been in a couple times, but every time I went in there, it felt like I walked into the mecca of baseball which was which was pretty cool because it's just a little just a little shop not a ton of square footage and um I just thought what a cool thing so the the questions I've always thought I wanted I wanted to ask you were um what what did make you jump off the ledge and and just do it because I think of it as as a career in sports right so many of us have grown up and You know, I wish my career could be around sports or around baseball, and none of us, we all thought we could be Kirby Puckett, and most of us couldn't, um, it turns out. So uh, you have carved out a career in baseball, right, in many ways. So what was it that that got you and your brother to kind of jump into it and take the leap and tell us a little bit about the origins of the idea?
2: Yeah, I've just, I mean, I've always been a baseball fanatic ever since I was a little kid, and of course, like you said, I mean, I wanted to be a pro baseball player, but, you know, that not everybody has that kind of ability. Um, so, yeah, I had the idea um, of trying to start a baseball store, and when I was younger, I actually just wanted to do a baseball card shop, because I love, I've always loved baseball cards, and so that's mm-hmm. what I originally wanted to do, but once I grew up and realized that baseball cards weren't going to be enough to... To be able to start a store, so we, my brother and I uh, talked about it, and we just figured out that you know I was managing a bank at the time, and he was managing a Verizon store, and uh, we we decided that we wanted to do this baseball store and do high end gear because we were sick of going to some of the big box places to try and find equipment because they mm-hmm. just, they never had any of the good stuff that we wanted. They never had the heart of the hide gloves that I wanted or whatever. They just didn't have Yep. One. And so we. We wanted to do kind of a high-end niche baseball store, and in the in the beginning, the idea was we wanted to do a store and a batting cage kind of connected, um, but that idea is more difficult than it sounds, because when you're going to do a batting cage, you have to have a standalone building. You can't have hmm. neighbors and stuff because of the noise. If you think about right. the metal bats, it's just it's too loud, and so when you're talking about a building that you could put a batting cage in the reason all the batting cages you find are always in industrial areas is because of the noise and so then we thought well a, a retail store isn't really going to work in an industrial park area and so you mm-hmm. kind of have to choose either retail or batting cage one or the other um and we didn't we couldn't afford to have a you know to buy our own building so we had to we had to find a space that we could actually afford in the beginning which is why we have a small little store. We don't have a ton of square footage, but we cram a lot in here. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it, it took a while to get going, but now we're I think we're, we're comfortable enough and we have a decent reputation around. So, yeah.
1: Hey, baseball fans. We're about halfway through the conversation here, so it's time to take a quick break and thank our podcast sponsors. That includes my friends at Aspen Creek Publishing, who helped me publish my own book about town baseball, Beyond the Fence, a fun novel about town ball life based on lies and half-truths from my time around the game. You'll find it on Amazon.com or our website at BaseballCommute.com You won't find it on Audible though because frankly I just don't have the patience to read a whole book out loud. The last half of this episode is brought to you by Lining Out to the Shortstop. Lining Out to the Shortstop because nothing makes you hate the game more than squaring up a ball for an out. And hey, speaking of looking for success, if you're interested in advertising here on the pod, just hit us up at BaseballCommute.com. All right, let's get back to the show.
0: So you talk about the, talk about the, there's the high-end year, but also one of the things that I appreciated that I didn't, you guys have been around for a long time and I just didn't even realize, but the things that as a manager you need, the thing you run out of the most is your darn baseballs. Because
2: yeah, yeah.
0: unless unless you were a manager who is good at math, like you were probably good at this, Nate, because you're a bank manager. But me, who is just a measly assistant principal and was not a math teacher, as much as I try to get the formula right for how many boxes I need, I will run out, you know, every time. Doesn't matter. Yeah. won't order enough. Yeah. And then you get to July – and you go, shoot, I need two boxes of baseball. So sometimes you're like big borrowing and dealing with the manager down the road or whatever, and it wasn't until Chris Labrache, until Frenchie and Hudson said, well, why don't you just go to Baseball 365 and buy a box? Why are you calling me? And I was like, what are you talking about? Because <laughs> yeah, cause I, so... I, I can't get them at, at I can't get them at Dick's. Like, don't get me started on that place and why I've been into <laughs> Baseball three sixty five because every bat I pick up at Dick's has a big. Uh, I can't even see how it feels really because it's got a big anti theft device on it, and it's all it's all the slippery bats, and I can't find one that's not just covered in lacquer. So anyway, sorry yeah. I'm going to go on a rant, um, but so I end up at baseball three sixty five, and like I said, it was it was great, and we were able to get something in a pinch when we really needed it. So, but well, you guys carry baseballs pretty much all the time.
2: Yeah, we do. During the during the se- during the town ball season we always have a stock of, of D one pros and the Rawlings OLB. And if there's ever a type of ball that your team or league uses that you need us to carry, just let me know and we'll start carrying it. Um so yeah, yeah we always we always carry a good stock of, of balls for sure. Um and li- like I said or like you were talking about with the with managing a team. One of the most frustrating things of managing a team well there's many frustrating things, but one of the worst is trying to Manage your baseballs during the game, because if you're in charge of game balls, half the guys on the bench don't want to go shag balls when there's a (laughs) foul ball, and you got to yell at these young kids to go out there and do it. And you end up by the end of the game, you have a you have a dozen balls. By the end of the game, you have like three left, and and Mm -hmm. and people don't realize that those baseballs are like seven dollars a piece. (laughs) And so for a guy running a team, it's like you're sitting there, like when I'm out there pitching on the mound. Half the time I have to yell into my dugout to, to tell guys to go get the fall ball that just got hit, and it's just yeah because I'm the guy running the team, so it's like I'm sitting there seeing dollar signs every time there's a fall ball in the parking lot, and I want someone to go get it. But yeah, so it's it's, wow. it's, a, it's a frustrating thing to run a team and see your balls declining every game. <laughs>
0: this is this is a problem that we have in River Falls. I don't know if I've talked about it on here. So we when we built this nice this nice park, just like lots of other folks, nice park and. And and we bring in these bring in fans from town and and we're lucky to get great crowds. I mean, 300, 400, 500 people on a regular basis. However, uh-huh. they all, yeah, it's great and it's been so fun, you know. But but um, there's a price for everything, and one of the prices of this is the darn baseballs because they honest because because of the way the grandstand is or whatever, they show up and they think it's minor league baseball in the St. Paul Saints. And those baseballs just disappear. People hoard them.
2: I you I gotta think, do the you guys gotta do the fifty cents a ball to the kids. That's what that's what, we you know, do. That's what gets people to bring them back.
0: Yeah, we do. We do a dollar a ball, a, a uh, you know candy. We've done coupons,
2: and but they still keep um, them.
0: They still keep them, and the, the kids oh. have figured out they're worth eight bucks. But it's the parents. That's the problem. <laughs> it's the parents. So yeah. we, I this last summer, I had to go up to, um, up to the press box a couple different times and make, uh, like, funny announcements. And our, our guys will remember to go up to the press box sometimes. But it, but it's kind of like sometimes – so I'm an assistant principal in a middle school, right? And sometimes, as much as I'm a person of authority, sometimes I need, I need to walk over across to Carrie's office, our head principal, and say, Carrie, um, I need you to – can you call this? call this person or or send a message because it was more of an authority it's the head principal right so they'll kind of listen to the press box guys but then when the manager walks up the stairs in his uniform grabs the wireless microphone and stands in the middle of the crowd and says hey listen (laughs) we might look like a minor league ball club but we are not and every one of those baseballs we have to fundraise for and um if your kid leaves the park with one of them or more that is that is theft that is not a souvenir so so we have some fun with it but then you'll see like there'll be a mom who sheepishly will take the three baseballs out of her purse (laughs) that her kid (laughs) brought to her and it's not their fault they just don't know you know so we have some fun with it we try not to shame anybody but but then you will get people who will refuse to give them back like i have had a couple conversations with People in the stands, like while I'm standing in my uniform, and it's usually dads who want to throw their weight around. So this is not on the moms, but it's usually dads who are like, "Yeah, I don't think we're going to give them back." I'm like, "Well, I'm not going to wrestle you for them. It's just that would yeah. be the right thing to do." And if That's you don't bad, want, yeah. to, you don't want to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Those are we always like to say those are not people from River Falls; those are out-of-towners.
2: Yeah, they our, must be. Huh? Not in <laughs>
0: our small town. Yeah, <laughs> so. Anyways, um, let me – just last thing on the topic of baseball. So the thing that um, that I want to do this year, because I just don't – I just haven't thought to do it, but um, it did occur to me, especially as we talk in the pandemic about um, supporting small businesses. You know, that's where it popped into my head probably a month ago or so, is that if I, as a manager, my um, seven, eight, Nine boxes that I want to order for next summer. That normally at this time of year I would order through the through an online retailer. It shows up at my house. Can I just order that? Can I call you up, Nate, and just order that through your shop? And I would of imagine the price yeah. is pretty close.
2: The price is pretty close, and yes, of course. I mean, this has been a this has been a very difficult year for all small businesses, restaurants, everybody. Um, so people don't realize, but even if you were to call me up and, and place an order for eight dozen you know diamond balls or whatever people don't realize that 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 means so much that one sale right there means so much to a small business like that helps us pay the rent and pay the lights and and you know everything else and keep this place going where if you go on to just ads or baseball savings or whatever i mean that that they don't they don't care about that little tiny sale that doesn't do anything for them but for a small business, that that can make or break a day, a, you know, a sales day. So, you know, we appreciate all the all the support and all the people that have been trying to help us through this uh, this pandemic and the lockdown and everything. I mean, we were we were shut down for three months earlier this year, and we have a lot of loyal customers that were trying to help us out. And even the other day, I had a guy come in here, um, an older guy that he came in and he just said. I want to buy something. And I said, well, what do you need? And he goes, well, I'll buy, how about a dozen baseballs? And I'm like, okay. And so I, I was checking them out, and he's like, I don't even need these, but I just want to buy something from you guys and help you guys out. And I'm like, oh, that's so nice. Like, it just, oh, cool. you know, some people are looking and trying to help out, and I, I, we we just really appreciate it. So, yeah, if, if if at all possible, try not to spend your money at Walmart and Target. Try and spend it at a, a local place if you can, you know.
0: hmm yeah the the and and it's uh so that's that's my my challenge out there to the to the rest of the town ball managers that are listening to this and if you're over in wisconsin i know there's a lot of good places that i don't know about um chippewa valley sports though um in eau claire is a supplier same type of place as as nate shop a supplier over there on the wisconsin side i would imagine there's someone similar closer to the far east side you know for folks out near green bay and things like that um but but my challenge to everybody who has done that, which I I can confess, I'm the guy who's been lazy and just ordered them online. Call up call up Nate Shop, call up Chicklaw Valley and, and order through theirs. Um, and you know the other the other little story. So there's two times we've been I've been in, and one is just to, is to grab baseballs. And it's you know I will defend myself a little bit. I guess it's I don't want to make myself sound like a horrible human, but it, it's it's a haul from RF to goal all the way we're sure. kind of like yeah. in the middle yeah so like between you guys and Shippo Valley we're just like in the middle where it's it's a good distance in either direction um yeah. but anyways the those are just excuses cuz i could just call so <laughs> let's get back to me being a bad human but the other time that i came in was um talking about bats you know and i talking about dicks but i i uh we i broke my last bat on a wednesday night game and it was Uh, one of those tune-up games like everybody gets. So we were starting playoffs on Saturday and there's no time to go online. I'm not going to pay a hundred bucks either to airdrop something, you know, in 24 hours. Like that's just a waste of everybody's money. Um, So, but to be able to hop in the car, drive the next day over to, over to Nate's shop, over to baseball 365 um, when I was in a pinch was really important. So it's, we want these places to be available for us as town hall managers. So then our job is to support them. So my challenge to everybody that's out ordering baseballs, call up Nate. Hopefully you know you get 30 calls tomorrow, right?
2: That yeah, I appreciate it. The amount
0: of people that I appreciate look this, but
2: it. Oh yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> hey, so let's get back to your to your baseball career though, because that's why I called you. Now there's a rumor that I heard about. About you holding a record for most wins in in the history of town baseball. What tell me about this?
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I don't I don't know if it's a record, but uh, but I I think I might be the and somebody if if I'm wrong please let me know. But I think that I am the current uh, wins leader in town ball uh, for pitching pitching victories. I have 134. Um, I've been pitching, like I said, for 22 years. So anybody who's been pitching that long is going to have some wins. Um, So, yeah, I think that as far as I know, I think I'm the the leader in that. Now, that's not a record. I I don't know about – I'm sure there's guys back in the day that – back in the old days that racked up way more wins than that. But for right now, I think as far as current guys, I think I'm the leader in, in Minnesota. So.
0: That's a lot. That's a lot. And, and I guarantee someone knows the answer to that, right? Someone somewhere has, if there's a higher number that is a record that somebody has, someone probably knows that. So,
2: you know, well, and the thing is too, Twitter, is I, I've never, something. I, the thing is too, is I've never played on dominant teams. You know, I don't play for Minnetonka or, or something like that, where they, mm-hmm. every year they go 56 and three, you know, I've played on teams that are 500 teams. So in addition to 134 wins, I also have 66 losses. So it's, it's just a lot. Of, it's just a lot of decisions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so at the, what that says to me is, no matter what, you're going deep into the game. That sounds like just a thin bullpen. Like I am going to yeah. go deep enough into this game that I will either take the W or the L. Oh, well, who funny. has
2: a bullpen that's, in town? Ball. Nobody has a bullpen.
0: <laughs> no, right. Well, your bullpen is your. Yeah, it's your. You were talking about this the other day. It's your shortstop and your second base. Yeah, <laughs> maybe Exactly. Maybe you're a right fielder. Yeah.
2: And if I if I'm yeah. in a if I'm in a two to two game in the seventh, there's no way I'm handing my game over to the shortstop. I'm just not gonna do that. So I'm just gonna stay yeah. out there until I take the win or the loss. That's the way I go. So. what's
0: the most runs you ever gave off any game?
2: Oh, uh you know I pitched against my first no, maybe my second year at town ball. I got thrown out there against Minnetonka. And mm-hmm. you know, I was just a kid and we played at McAllister's Field and for anybody who's ever yeah. played there it's a turf it's a turf field. And so when you're a young kid, uh, who's a division three pitcher and you're out there against Minnetonka on a turf field, yeah, they every single hard ground ball got through the infield. I think I let up fourteen runs in like two innings. <laughs> That's probably my worst game of all time. That was that was ugly.
0: <laughs> fourteen, fourteen, and two, so I, I know I have given up seventeen, but that was not in two, that was in like six, and I've got a buddy of mine that has given up eighteen, because we always joke about it because it's a close number, like, um, but fourteen and two, that's it's a bad. heck of an ERA. It's
2: really like bad, yeah.
0: I yep. don't know. Again, I'm not a math <laughs> major, as we've discussed, but I,
2: yeah.
0: I hesitate to look at that one.
2: So, well, thankfully, um, it's gotten a little better since then because otherwise, I would have been done back in 1999 yeah. if that would have continued because that's just right. embarrassing to go out there and do that.
0: Well, again, let's just blame the bats, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. Just blame the bats. Yeah. So, um, I know, mate, we're getting getting close to uh, hockey practice getting done here in Baldwin, and and my skater coming out and needing to go. But um, just real real briefly, tell me tell me a little bit more about. Um, you said it's the Park National League, and like what? class a ball in minnesota is about i'm trying to think if we've had another i feel like we have had maybe one other class a person so far on the podcast but tell us a little bit yeah about.
2: Cla- class a unfortunately kind of gets overlooked a little bit just because you know i don't know that that fox nine special that they've run the last couple of years uh they focus more on the small towns which i i totally can appreciate because the small town baseball is is a lot different atmosphere than what we get in class a um i mm-hmm. still think you know as a guy who's played for a long time and played all the top c teams and the top b teams and everybody else i think that if you take the, the top a teams i still think that those are the best teams in the state um, but we don't get the atmosphere that you get in the smaller communities so like when we go out and play Meesville or or jordan or any of these places i mean they get two three four hundred people like kind of like river falls does where when yeah. you are playing in minneapolis you know we play right downtown at uh, we play downtown Minneapolis at Parade Stadium is where our league plays, which is a beautiful sure. setting. I mean, we've got downtown skyline right over the outfield fence. So it's it's a really cool setting. But when you're playing in Minneapolis, nobody really cares, you know, because you got the Twins, mm-hmm. you got the Saints, you got everybody else. So, you know, normally our games, we get 20 people there. It's just, you know, we don't get a big crowd, which is unfortunate because the, the level of baseball is actually really good. Um, mm-hmm. Especially in our, you know, the Park National League. I think as far as far as the four A leagues, I think um, it's always the the deepest of the four leagues. Now, I'm not saying mm-hmm. we have the top teams. I still think the Riverview with Minnetonk and St. Louis Park, they're probably the top teams. But as far as deepness of the division, I think the Park National is the toughest. Um, so, yeah, it's a good level. It's just that it gets overlooked a little bit by by b and c
0: yeah from the from a player baseball from a player's standpoint and a manager's standpoint the same type of camaraderie exists among teams and among managers and and ball players as you see other places i would expect um is that pretty true also
2: yeah i think that i think the, the team chemistry camaraderie that kind of stuff's going to be the same no matter what level it is i mean mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna go out there and 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 grind with your with your boys, and it doesn't matter what level it's at, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then and then go hang out in the dugout and hang out in the parking lot with the other team that you just grinded against a lot of times. So
2: sometimes, so. yeah, sometimes sometimes yeah. you're mortal enemies, and then other times uh, you're you're all buddies. So it just depends yeah. on the team. Yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> probably de- depends on the team, depends on the era, and yeah, uh, true. and yeah. I'll, I'll, just like everything else, all kinds of factors true well i think last question i got for you nate what are we what are we looking most for um i oh i sh- actually so baseball infomercial what's the best place people can find your shop just online by the way for when we all put in those baseball orders this week uh,
2: well yeah if you're if you're you can always call me if you want to place an order for balls or whatever but uh but yeah we're on uh we're on every social media so we're instagram facebook um and we've got a website, baseball365online.com. So you can find most stuff on there. We don't. The only thing is the the smaller items we don't put on our website. It's the website only has the gloves and bats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't we don't put the cheaper stuff. So that kind of stuff you'd have to come in to the store. For. Yeah. So yeah. Or call or if you call ahead, I can always ship it to you. Um, so just yep. give me a call and I can ship you whatever you need. So call
0: call ahead if you're if you want to make sure they've got something right like. For but sure. You can, yeah. I'll give you one like rosin bag. That's the other thing I can never find a rosin bag. So yeah, if I was see, looking for a stuff, rosin we bag, always, I would we always
2: have. Yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: That's, a, yeah, that's, if that's really good about
2: example. It, if you're ever worrying about it or wondering about something, just give me a call and I can tell you if we have it or not. Like for instance, right now baseballs, I don't have any baseballs just because it's not the season. But come mm-hmm. come spring, I'll have tons and tons of balls there. So. Yeah. Right. Perfect. So, um,
0: yeah, that was the part. So that was where I was trying to be like Stephen Colbert or Dave Letterman or somebody where they just put up the book at the end. And the book and the book you wrote was
2: <laughs> – okay.
0: So last, last baseball question, what are you looking most forward to for next summer? Uh, you know, this is our hope COVID is over and we have a normal season. And if we do, what are you look most looking forward to?
2: I'm just looking forward to uh, – our team is so close to being one of the top Tier A teams. Like last year we – we added a couple guys. Uh, we added a couple older guys, which is what we kind of needed. Because you know, in town boy, you have to have a good mix. You have to have young guys and old mm-hmm. guys that all get along. The chemistry has to be good. One thing I've learned over the years is it doesn't matter how talented someone is or how good of a player they are if they're a if they're a cancer around the rest of the team. You don't want those mm-hmm. kind of guys on your team. You know, it just brings everybody down, and you're, you're not going to win anything if you have those kind of guys. So last year we added. We were lucky enough to add uh, three older guys that really helped kind of balance out our team. So now we've got a good mix of older and younger and everybody gets along and everybody's, you know, buddies off the field and everything. So I think we're, Mm -hmm. we're really close to taking that next step. We need to add a couple, couple positions, um, upgrade a couple positions, but otherwise I'm just excited to see what this team can do. Um, I'm getting towards, you know, the end of my career, but, um, but I'd like to, before I go, I'd like to win it, you know, and I, mm-hmm. we're so, you know, we're so close. We're, you know, I think we're a top eight team right now, but we got to get to like a top four team. So we'll see. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, best of luck to you guys next summer and
2: yeah, thank best you. of
0: luck. I know it's holiday shopping season and hopefully things are going well at the store during that time or the best they can right now. And, Thanks for coming on the commute tonight,
2: Nate. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Have a good one. You too. Bye.
1: Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of the Small Town Commute. If you liked what you heard, do us a favor and share the podcast with fellow ball players. You can send them to our website at baseballcommute.com. I'm always looking for guests and great conversations, so if you've got a suggestion or you just want to call and talk baseball, shoot us a line at baseballcommute at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening and thanks for what you do for amateur baseball, wherever that might be.